welcome to this exploration of an exciting and potentially revolutionary new propulsion concept that may help accelerate our journey to the stars. Please join us as we discuss scientific concepts in this forum we call Jets in Space. So welcome back to Jets in Space, episode 14. Uh, we have our very special guest today, our first intern for uh, Bell and Aerospace is um, Abishan Regmi. Hopefully I pronounced that name right, but I'll let uh, I'll let you pronounce your name there. If um, if I mispronounced it, I apologize. Yeah, you pronounced it. I did. Okay, great. Okay. So we were very happy to ask um, Bushan to be our, our intern, and he's done wonderful things in regards to getting our concept is closer to um, to a proof of concept with open foam so it's actually if you remember the previous episode with dr uh, naji he is our um, consultant in regard to open foam and and bishan is our intern in regards to open foam so we're gonna just um delve into what we've been doing so far over the past several weeks and also you know just a little background on bishan because you know we're we're very happy to have him as our intern so bishan why don't you take it away and just um explain you know, a little bit of your background in regards to um, engineering and open foam. Okay, so hello everyone. Uh, so my name is Avusan Regmi, and I'm thrilled uh, to be a guest on Jets in Space, uh, the podcast where we explore the latest and the greatest in space technology. <laughs> I did my bachelor's, <laughs> I did my bachelor's degree from Triuva University, uh, where I worked on the air admission system in Francis Turbine. Uh, if you don't know, Francis Turbine is a turbine that you use to produce hydroelectricity in a hydro uh, power plant. So uh, after that, I got into my master's degree here at IIT Bombay, and I gained experience in numerical simulation of vortex-induced vibration, also known as VIV uh, insert. Uh, for context, a VIV is a phenomena that causes a vibration of the cylindrical objects uh, when flow moves uh, across it. So I studied uh, this phenomena to harness uh, its movement, its vibration for electricity generation. Currently, for the past month, I've been working with the team on cutting edge research for our internal atmosphere propulsion uh, uh, by in using OpenFoam. So if you don't know, OpenFoam is a very powerful computational fluid uh, dynamic software. Uh, apart from that, I also create uh, spoken tutorials. Uh, these are designed to help others learn this complex software. And it's truly an honor to be here today and share my thoughts with all of you. And uh, let's tell about what progress we have uh, made so far as I'm working here. So I'm happy to say that in such a source, uh, short duration of only a month, uh, we have made significant progress. So the main progress would be that we have narrowed down the geometry and the CAD models especially managed to construct the structure that connects the source generating corridor with our uh, gas returning corridor. There is still a lot of work to be done uh, in this structure. So as we go through different uh, simulation in future, we will have to reiterate the CAD designs. Uh, so yeah, and right now we are currently working on missing the whole geometry. And if you don't know what missing is, uh, missing is like dividing our whole geometry into uh, finite smaller small space chunks of space uh, that we called uh, finite volume cells, 
And the CFP software, the open form that we are using is actually solving flow equations, especially in stock equation in these individual cells to calculate velocity, pressure, and temperature and any other parameters that we would uh, like to find out. So we have a fan, uh, a jet engine in our geometry in between there somewhere. And so that needs to be modeled. Uh, we cannot just uh, model a whole moving fan with combustion and nozzle, everything, because that would be like doing whole another project. <laughs> so what we are using is we are using a mathematics to actually model the effect of that fan. So we are going through two different routes. One is rotor disk source and other is fan condition. And both of them are somewhat similar, but the uh, former one, the rotor disk source is somewhat accurate, but uh, it requires that we uh, know the blade profile of the fan, but we don't know. Uh, so I think we are referencing uh, G90 engine, uh, but we don't know the proprietary information that involves the geometry of the fan blade. Uh, we can go through some approximate, the approximate geometry. And the other way of modeling fan would be a pressure jump like technically known as fan boundary condition. And we are currently using this to uh, simulate our, uh, we are planning to use this for our future simulation. And I think uh, this pressure zone conditions would be uh, sufficient for our simulation. Yeah, this is the work that has been done till now. Uh, I'm sure in the future, uh, we'll, we will encounter different challenges and we'll just uh, move one after another. <laughs> No, that's great. No, I like I this is so much farther than I thought we would be at this point in time. So, no, I you know, like I said in the the open full models that we have, we'll we'll try and share some images um on the links to the podcast if people want to look at like kind of some visual kind of descriptions of what we're talking about here. But but yeah, no, I mean um some of the information you've shared with us thus far is definitely interesting. And then one of the things that you shared in um I think it was a it was a data file that you sent with me that um, in just regard to the turbofan engine, the GE9 or the 9X or 90, um, yeah. you, you showed on that diagram that 85% of the thrust is produced by by the fan blade and only like 15% of the thrust is produced yeah. by the, the inner core, which is the turbine. So, and then one of the, the biggest things is, you know, we're, we're trying to remove the internal combustion component. So even if we get 85% thrust from our fan blade, if it's all electrical, and this would change the dynamic of the thrust in regards to you know, like most like if you listen to the earlier episode of the podcast most of the most of the propulsion um in in, in a normal atmospheric environment is is some type of internal combustion but if we remove that internal combustion component and make it all electric then then that could be a a, a very different type of propulsion which can be used underwater it can be used in the vacuum of space because we're not relying on like the outside environment we're like as the name implies on the internal environment to produce the thrust so um hopefully a game changer in regards to propulsion but yeah no everything you said is is very exciting in regards to you know um how we've progressed from just the concept to talking to you and yeah. and some of this will be kind of described on the uh, on the diagram. So, um, and you might have heard um, Bouchon talk about um, thrust generation corridors and atmosphere return corridors or gas return corridors. So, these are some of the things that we've had in our model where um, a certain of certain volume of gas is within a enclosed container, and then we're we're producing thrust in 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 our in our model for thrust generation corridors, and then the gas is being um, compressed and expanded and then it's um, producing the thrust and but there's there's going to be a great I, I i'm hoping i'm sure that there is a way like in some point in the future where we can make like a like a little 
kind of simp- simplistic or video where it's showing like the pressure gradients within the system and whatnot and the flow of the gas within the system, which which would for some people would be easier to kind of visualize the the whole concept of what we're doing here. But um, but yes, it's very exciting, you know, and and one of the things, you know, um, we wanted to talk about as well. I know um, you've you've gone over a lot of the dynamics in regards to how we're modeling the, the the different variables and some of the things we want to look at you know if we we can get from the open foam i think we will be able to is like thrust numbers and whatnot and one thing i'm kind of curious and i brought this up i don't know if you heard the previous podcast with uh, with dr naji but but some of the variables we could do you know like varying uh, there's going to be pressure gradients within within the system. So, you know, and, and most of the things that we're looking at in regards to like turbofan technology, um, there's some variation, you know, in the the dynamics of um, airflow in a normal atmospheric environment based on the air pressure like at, at sea level versus the air pressure at 30,000 feet. So that kind of varies in regards to, I'm sure Vishan knows that as well. The profile of the thrust is dependent upon the pressure at, in the atmosphere, which it varies at different levels in the, within the atmosphere. So, but because we're in a closed system, we have the ability to change those and or maintain the pressure within the system um, a little bit more consistently. So, I, just a, a brief example, you know, when when you're taking off from an airport, there's a certain there's you know normal atmospheric pressure at at sea level, let's say one atmosphere. But as higher up you go into the atmosphere, the air pressure decreases. So the performance of the turbofan is variable based on um, where you are in the atmosphere. If you're like low to the ground, there's a, a thicker atmosphere, but if you're higher in the atmosphere, it's getting really thin. So the performance of the turbofan is affected by the thinness, so to speak, of the atmosphere. Within our system, we could make a very thin atmosphere, we can make very thick atmosphere. It, it all depends on what we're looking for in regards to thrust production. The other thing we can vary, which um, I've talked about with Dr. Naji, is varying the type of gas, because you know, we're we're within an oxygen nitrogen atmosphere, you know, most of that is nitrogen. And there's certain, and this is maybe definitely a future kind of a model, um, there's certain properties of the gas that affect um, compressibility um, and other things in regards to performance. So um, the good thing within the closed system, if we wanted to, I don't know how expensive it would be. We, I talked to Dr. Naji about even like, using a, a different type of grass, like a noble gas, like argon, which might have different compressible properties. But that's some of the things we're looking at maybe in the future. You know, we could vary the the type of gas that's in the system. We can we can vary the, um, like I said, the the thickness of the gas in regards to the, the resting pressure of the gas. So, and I honestly don't know if that will affect like the thrust profile that's produced, but the great thing about the controlled system, you know, in an enclosed system is we have the ability to kind of change those variables a lot easier compared to like in a normal atmospheric kind of environment where it's very difficult to change, you know, the composure of the of the gas within our atmosphere. Um, and then, you know, like I said, um, the different varying types of air pressure based on where you are in the, in the thickness of the atmosphere based on your elevation and whatnot. So, but but those are the, some of the things that we're looking for in the future, and I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that, Bushan. Do you think that that would have some significant or maybe only minor effects on on like thrust generation? So yeah, of course it will have some significance because uh, the aircraft engines they are designed to uh, operate at the cruise altitude, which is uh, higher at so I don't know thirty thousand feet, so where the air is a lot less denser than the one uh, at the sea level, so. 
So if you were to decrease the internal pressure, uh, you will definitely get uh, more thrust uh, from the same amount of energy. But however, I think there's a limit to it. So uh, what comes into my mind is the Ingenuity helicopter, uh, the, the first drone that was flown in the Mars. So uh, Mars has roughly, uh, I don't know the exact number, but the atmosphere over there is very oh, thin. Oh, interesting. So I remember, yeah, I remember the article on uh, the scientists who built the Ingenuity helicopter. They were really struggling uh, because the air over there is so thin that they had to spin the blade uh, in a very high RPM than the usual oh, drone that we operate in uh, Earth. So, so there's a limit. So if you were to decrease the atmospheric uh, pressure or density, uh, there would be some optimum point uh, where we, we, we could get the most out of the system. But after some period, uh, we'll start to uh, lose. So yeah, there's a Oh, limit. that's good. And regarding about the using different properties, the gas properties using a completely different uh, gas, uh, this is something interesting, but we would have to uh, do some simulation and figure out what works the best. So if you are using compressible solver, I think the flow would be compressible. Then the density, of course, uh, plays the role. But to see up to what extent uh, it plays the role, we uh, will have to just do some simulation and find out. Oh, that's awesome. No, I didn't even know like that they'd had drones flying in Mars. So that's how you educated me today. That's awesome. So I didn't think the atmosphere was thick enough. So, but I know, I know there is an atmosphere. I don't know like, specifically uh, like a fraction of what it is here on, on Earth and whatnot. But um but the other thing that you you mentioned in a, in an email to me, which I didn't know, which you, which you gave me a great piece of information, is when when you're spinning the fan blades, there's only a certain amount where you can spin it, and then at some point it reaches the sonic barrier, and then you can't spin it any faster. Could you could you talk to our audience about that a little bit? So if you were to increase the RPM of a fan blade, of course you'll get more thrust up out of it, but there's a limit. So. So the tip velocity is like omega times right. r uh, mathematically. So omega is the rotational angular velocity and r is the radius. So at some certain point, uh, your tip velocity, it reaches the sound barrier. So it will go right. supersonic. Then it will start to create uh, shock waves. And that shock waves is going to interact with the, the blade that is coming from the right. behind. So it's going to interact with that. So that will create a lot of drag and it will interact with the uh, blades that is spinning and it will significantly reduce the thrust that is being generated. So so we have a limit on up to how much speed we can uh, increase the RPM of a fan blade. And, and the other thing I know just from like general reading and whatnot, and the speed of sound varies on the density of the air as well because i think the speed of sound at yeah, sea level density and temperature so breaking the sound barrier at a lower density is you have to have a higher speed because i know at sea level mach is um 600 miles per hour or something like that yeah it's 300 meter per second uh around 330 something right. like that so if the density is less uh, i believe uh the speed of uh mark will increase so, uh, so if you were if you are at the right. higher like uh, syllabus, you can go much right. faster. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so it, I want to say like you know three hundred meters per second at sea level, but then maybe it's like 400, 500 at like thirty thousand feet, yeah. something like that. Okay, yeah. So, so that 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 too, you know, like again, the density of the the gas is going to affect like how fast um, we can spin the blades before it reaches uh, like that sonic barrier or whatnot. So, but yeah, but that's very interesting, kind of you know geeking out on the 
on the physics of it. That's kind of cool that <laughs> we could do all that. The other question I had for you, because, um, you know, we were basing our model on, I was telling Bishan in the email, like a, a, a 747, you know, the 747 has four engines, it has a fuselage, and then, you know, um, we're, we're basing our are kind of our initial data on that, but we're making it an enclosed system. Um, but, you know, 747 has four engines. One question I had, is there a limit on how many engines we could add to the system? So let's say for the same size thrust corridor, currently we have, you know, four thrust corridors and one gas return corridor. Yeah. We need to double that, eight, eight turbofan engines, and then the same geometry. Would that be possible? Would that, in, of, of course, it would increase the thrust because you have more thrust generating quarters. Is there a limit to how much we could kind of add on the number of thrust generating quarters before it becomes um, no return for any more engines that we add, so to speak? So uh, like, if everything was perfect, uh, there would not be any limit. But of course, the gas that is coming from the thrust generating quarter, it has to be returned back to the gas returning quarter, right? So... Uh, it all depends on the structure, like how we design it. So how efficient it is in redirecting that flow in 180 degree direction. Right. So yeah, if you were able to do like in a smooth way, uh, yeah, it is possible to add as much engine as possible, but that will again uh, give load to our gas uh, returning corridor. It, it has to get big, right? So if you were to add, uh, let's say eight or 10, then the dimension of the, the radius of the gas returning corridor, it has to increase, uh, it, it has to account for the more air coming inwards. So that will just increase the uh, size of our whole uh, geometry. Right. That may lead to more uh, drag if, if you are flying inside atmosphere. But since uh, we are uh, talking about space, uh, we don't really care about drag here. So yeah, theoretically it will increase, but we have to think about how we are going to return that all that gas going from the thrust generating corridor, gas returning corridor, yeah. If it were to be done very efficiently, we can just add as much as we want. <laughs> of course, that's not the case. We'll just have to do simulation and then design different ways to redirect it and find out. Yeah, no, no, that's that's interesting just because, um, you know, I, I know like, I, I don't know if there's, I, I don't want to say like, I don't know if you were kind of aviation history buff, but I think um, some, I don't know, like there's a Russian cargo plane that has like six, turbo fans and i think the spruce yeah. goose which was a propeller i think it had six or eight too but i mean there, there have been you know more than four engines on an on an aircraft in the past it just but, yeah. but no no just you know like i said but if there's um if there's any benefit to adding more then of course there would, I, i'd like to look at that in a simulation but but no I, I i'm so happy with um how we've progressed so far thus far in regards to what we're we're coming up against in regards to um getting the initial open foam simulation up and running so but yeah, those are some of the things that we're, you know, interested in in the future. But um, if for any of you guys in the audience, if you want to ask questions in regards to what other types of modifications might be interesting to you, you know, just go ahead and um, send a comment our way and we'd be happy to to try and address that if we can. But um, but yeah, in general, you know, we're, we're very excited about the progress we've made. Hopefully this is some um, interesting information for you guys as well. We're also going to add some diagrams and um, images to the the podcast for your review and then um, we're always looking for your your support however you guys want to support us by listening to the podcast by communicating with us if there's investors out there that are looking to invest we're we're happy to communicate with you regards to collaboration to move this project forward 
Yeah, so one of the I will talk, I will try I will try to talk about one of the challenges on the structure that we built on uh, first generating corridor connection between first generating corridor and the uh, gas returning corridor. So the current uh, the problem that we may face in the future is that there are two opposing first generating corridor uh, that is redirecting the flow through the gas returning corridor. So it just may happen that the flow from the two opposing thrust generating corridors, it may just collide with each other and it may cause turbulence and the flow reversal. Uh, this is something that we definitely don't want. Uh, so uh, Dr. Nagy, he has suggested to uh, connect the thrust generating corridor at, at an angle. So yeah, we will in future, we will have to do some design iteration at what is the optimum angle for connection between the Thrust generating corridor and our gas returning corridor. Yeah, this is some. This is one of the challenges that we will be facing in future. Yeah, I was just talking about it. No, that's awesome. Yeah, because I think that's what my biggest issue too is like, how do we turn the gas around 180 degrees, like you said, without causing turbulence and without causing any kind of undue unnecessary forces within the system that could could throw off the propulsion and whatnot. So, but yeah, no, this is. I'm glad that you guys are are looking into that because um, I'm kind of curious how how it will run as like a whole unified system and whatnot. And Bushan, if you want to talk about any other projects you're doing, you want to promote your website or if you have anything like that, we're always happy to let you have like a couple of moments just to promote whatever you want to promote in regards to your own projects that you're doing. Um, if there's anything like that you want to do. If you don't, that's fine too. Uh, okay, so uh, like I told earlier during my introduction, I created Spoken Tutorials. And this is spoken tutorials. We have tutorials for different software, Python, DWC, and OpenForm is uh, one big part of it. And I look after the intermediate and advanced level tutorial for our spoken tutorials. You can find it in spokentutorial.com. Uh, uh, so there you can just go there and select OpenForm. So right now we have tutorials just for the basic part. Uh, we are rolling out tutorials for the intermediate part as well. And apart from that, we also conduct workshop. Uh, it is quite famous here in India. So just this January, uh, we did one workshop for 250 nice. students. Uh, it was great. It was excellent so far from the feedback of the students that attended it. So yeah, you can go to the website and take a look. If you have like a link to a website, a link to um, your tutorials or anything like that, then we'll add that all in the show notes. And then if anyone is actually um, listening to the show and looking for more information, then they can go to the show notes and find all that information there. But but yeah, thanks. Thank you, Bijan, for, for doing this podcast. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Jets in Space. There are numerous ways that you can help us out. Number one, you can subscribe to this podcast. Number two, you can check out our website, bellinaerospace.com. Number three, you can make a prototype IAP model at home. Number four, you can support us financially on Patreon at patreon backslash jetsinspace. Number five, tell your friends about us and send them to this podcast and our website. Number six, if you have friends and or family who work in the aerospace industry, talk to them about this concept and ask them to check out our materials as well. Number seven, help us find companies who make airtight containers, turbine engines, electric motors, and any manufacturers who may be able to help us move IAP forward. Number eight, I would love to interview aerospace engineers, aerospace enthusiasts, officials at NASA, SpaceX, anyone who can help us move our project forward. Number nine, 
If you know any investors, venture capitalists, sharks from the Shark Tank, please send them our way. We will be happy to let them invest in this project. And finally, number 10, as a Catholic Christian, I would also personally greatly appreciate your prayers for this endeavor. Until the next episode, let's dream of the stars.